0: All right, this is Wes Furley, head coach at Santa Fe South High School Boys Soccer. And this is episode 21 of the Moss Football Podcast.
1: Yo, welcome back to the Moss Football Podcast, the number one soccer podcast out of Selva Studios. I'm your host, Ricardo Yoa, and not with me today... Uh, the co-host, Paulo, He's just not here. He's a little late. Um, I'm being real hard on him, but... Regardless, thank you to the sponsor, Selva Studios, here at 217 Southwest 25th Street. You know what they do? They sell plants, books. You can find them on Instagram. They're hours of operation. I think they're taking a long break because Pollo's out in Canada catching the Bad Bunny concert. I see you, Pollo. Uh, but regardless, with me, today, I have a special guest. I have the... He told me this 19 year head coach of the boys soccer team at Santa Fe South, Wes Furley.
0: Thanks for having me on.
1: Oh, the pleasure is all mine. If I can get the crowd to stop clapping for you, we can get started. But thank you very much for coming on, Wes. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you on here.
0: I appreciate you guys. This, uh, this podcast has just been great. I mean, I know you guys are, what, 19 episodes in, but it's been fantastic.
1: Yeah, this is episode 21, 21, 21, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I appreciate that. It's been uh, a big learning experience. So uh, it definitely makes it easier having a guest on here. Last week, I tried to record one by myself, and I basically almost cried <laughs> on the podcast because it was so hard but also with us because Paolo isn't here Paolo, you're getting replaced man i'm sorry we have nani nani say hi
2: hi y'all uh, my name is nani um i go to santa fe south high school and i'm job shadowing today for football factory. for the
1: mass football, Mas
2: football podcast
1: she's working on a capstone <laughs> for her senior project and it's sports journalism that she's interested in so she reached out Shot at me a DM to Ghost, and she's out here working with us. So I appreciate you for coming on as well.
2: Thank y'all for having me.
1: Both from Santa Fe South, um, Wes. Again, thank you for coming on.
0: You're very welcome, man. It's been my pleasure. It's, it'll be a, it'll be a nice thing to do over spring break. So this is good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been on a podcast before?
0: Uh, no, I haven't.
1: No, dang. It's you would think it gets easier after 21 episodes, but it doesn't. It's <laughs> it's pretty nerve wracking sitting here. But again, I appreciate you being on. So as the head coach for the boys Santa Fe South team, going into your 20th, 19th year, how different is this year from the years before?
0: Uh, This year is is much more different um, just in the fact that we've got a new group of guys that we didn't have last year. Um, Either um, guys that decided not to play soccer last year because it was the first year after COVID. And then we've got some transfers that came from Dove and some other schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what's different about this year for sure. Um, our numbers are way up. They were down last year after COVID. Um, we started the year with about 75 guys, and now we're down to about 65 guys. But wow. um, our numbers are really, really, yeah, really, really high. So it's good.
1: Is that on average, like the uh, number? that you normally see
0: yeah 60 has kind of been our number that we've had probably the last three or four years prior to covid Mm -hmm. um and our school's grown just a tiny bit um and then we've had a handful of guys that decided they weren't going to play one year and then the next year they'll play um but between 60 and 70 is normally our 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 number of guys every year
1: that's massive how do you keep 60 kids active because you said you started with 75 and now you have 60 to 65 do you have two JV teams?
0: Yeah. We, we actually have three sort of JV teams. Um, we'll have a varsity team, and then a JV1 and JV2, and then we'll kind of balance those games by whoever hasn't played yet. Um, we tell the kids, if you can survive our practices in the, in the offseason, mm-hmm. um, we, we, won't, we won't cut you. We'll find a game for you, we'll get you a jersey, we'll get a game out there for you to, to go play in. Um, so, no matter what, we'll find games for everybody to play in, no matter what. Even if it's only yeah. three or four games a year, mm-hmm. everybody gets a game to play in. So.
1: I like that, how you said that if you are willing to put up with the offseason, you've earned a spot. You must run them to the ground then, right?
0: Uh, yeah, we, we do pride ourselves. <laughs> That's said yes. something. We, we run yes, them to the absolutely. ground. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we, we pride ourselves in being really, really, I mean, in shape players um, on top of being highly clinical players. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that was kind of put into me for Mr. Brewster, who was my coach at Capitol Hill. I was just going to um, bring him
1: up. Shout out to Mr. Brewster. Shout out to Mr. Brewster, Brewster just, the
0: superintendent at Santa Fe South. Yeah.
1: I'll have that guy on here one day.
0: Okay. Um, and yeah, and then to clarify, this is my 19 years coaching. It's my 15th year as a head coach. He he oh, was okay. the head coach for four years and okay, then he, okay. then he stepped down, but I was doing all the work, even though he was the head coach, even back then. So <laughs> kind of how
1: it is when you, when you figure it out, right?
0: Yeah. Um, but no, he's, he's always instilled that, that we need to be the, the best in shape team on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you have skills on top of that, then very few teams can beat you. And that's mm-hmm. what we've like found to be totally true in the last like 15 or 20 years.
1: Wow. And then, uh, well, I guess you just figured out a system now coming into 19 years of coaching with 60 kids. How have you structured all of that in your head?
0: So it used to be we'd, we'd only get one assistant coach for the girls, one assistant coach for the guys. And our numbers were just too large for that. Um, and we have a football team and a basketball team that had way less than us and had way more assistant coaches so mm-hmm. we then go and say hey can we get some more assistant coaches do you guys you know mind throwing a little more money our way f- just for coaches and they said absolutely yeah and so now we've got four coaches for the boys and three coaches for the girls wow. and yeah and it's been great and so what i've done is tried to get former players to come back mm-hmm. and coach because they know what it takes to to be on the team and, and all that. And they want to instill that that pride yeah. of santa fe south back in there so i brought I've had, I think, six former mm-hmm. players that's come back and coached at some point, including four right now. So it's it's been great. So.
1: That's awesome. And I totally agree with you. They bled for that that badge, you know, the Santa Fe South badge, so it means a lot more to them than it would be for somebody that hasn't played there at that school. My cousin is a coach there, Paco, and then I know that Abel also helps out as well. He played along with me at MACU. Both of those guys are great guys to have as a staff, too. I call Paco um, Thanos, OKC, okay, because he has like four or five state rings. So he walks around with Thanos with his five rings. Um, but a shout out to that guy. You, I mean, the whole school as a whole, you definitely you play your part in it as well. As is huge for um, sports, but not only sports, but in the community of the South Side, because people know when they go to Santa Fe South, if you're going to play sports, <laughs> that's the place to go if you want to play. Uh, I think that's something that gets said under the table. Shout out to you guys. So for this year, how how's it looking? I, I know you guys have been pretty good. Have you guys lost yet? Not yet?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, we did lose. We lost Northwest Classon. Okay. It was a it was a really good game. At that game, we uh, we were tied 0-0 mm-hmm. and then we kind of fell asleep a little bit about 10 minutes in the second half and gave up two goals real quick. Um, and then we came back and scored It was 2-1 and then we pushed everybody up and gave up a third goal late. Uh. So um, it was a good game. Uh, we will hopefully see them again in two weeks. We go to their tournament mm. and if we make it to the championship game and they make it to the championship game, we hopefully see them again. But. Um, our team now looks much different than it did back then. We got three players from um, Dove that got approved um, mm-hmm. to be on our varsity team now that weren't approved when we played Northwest nice. and So um, we're a much different team now with them, much stronger. And wow. we've had some injuries, too, that people are kind of bouncing back from finally, too. So.
1: It's a lot of games in a short amount of time. So it's always great to have some depth. Really good. Um, Nani, do you have any questions for Mr. Furley?
2: Um, how do you put up with kids? Like... <laughs>
1: You must, I mean, with 19 years, you've definitely coached some characters. I went on to play college with a few of them. How do you handle those characters?
0: Well, I, I try to treat them all the same, no matter how good they are or how mm-hmm. bad they are. I try to treat them all the same. Um, they do know at Santa Fe South that we care about them, so we can get on them a little harder sometimes because they know that we're doing it for a good reason, um, if it's for grades or in discipline or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when they start playing and they see themselves getting better, Mm-hmm. and they, they see what the team is doing, that the team is getting better because of them or because they put in the work, um, that that's when they will, will start to kind of like kind of be a part of the team. Um, that's been the secret that we've always like kind of lived by. We don't make sure people know that we care about them. If they know that we care about them, then they'll, they'll put in the work, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll try hard, and they'll, they'll show up every single day, and they'll dedicate and do all those things that we ask them to do. So
1: That's a good question and a good answer. Nice. For like those freshman kids that come on, to want to play on the soccer team, having heard everything that the school has done and then looking at some of the seniors and the juniors and then some of the sophomores, what advice do you have for those new kids that are coming in? Because it could, and it does sound pretty intimidating.
0: It is. Um, one thing that we've always lived by, uh, or at least i live by since I've been the head coach, is that I don't care what grade you're in, that if you've put in the work and you're the best player at your position, then you'll be on the field for the varsity team. Um, and because of that, we've had a handful of seniors that when they become a senior don't make the varsity team because they haven't put in the work mm. for four years. Um, and some of them realize that and they're kind of sad about it, but they also know that it, that's the only thing that's fair is that these other guys have put in the work. Um, and as a freshman coming in, we've got two freshmen on varsity right now, which is pretty rare for mm-hmm. Santa Fe South. Um,
1: you can say some names.
0: Uh, Danny Cabrera nice. and uh, Francisco Salazar, them, them two, little Frankie nice. and, and Danny. Danny um, Danny's a little brother to a junior that's, that's a pretty big player for us, mm-hmm. Jimmy. Um, that's a center mid. Um, and he's just real technical. He's, he's, he's kind of a baby still a little Mm -hmm. bit physically and stuff like that, but he's so technical. He's got really good skill.
1: Get the ball moving, even though he doesn't have the size. Yeah.
0: And then Frankie is just lightning fast and has the foot skills. You would not think that he was a freshman at all. Hmm. Um, and so those two, I mean, being a freshman though, I mean, that shows everybody else is like, well, they're a freshman. They've, you know, put in the work and they're good Mm -hmm. and they're on the varsity team. So, uh, you know, a a good freshman or a sophomore will put in the work and, and get there. So it's been it's always been good for us to have every grade level on the varsity team instead yeah. of just having juniors and seniors only like some schools do. So
1: I think that's clutch because it also teaches those kids that played early. Um, it, it gives them something to uh, – the experience is what I'm trying to say. Do you have unwritten rules for your way of coaching? Like, obviously, it sounds like you want them to be hungry 24-7, fit. But what other, like, b- rules do you have in your head for these players to have?
0: The, the biggest thing is that we're going we're gonna to treat everybody fairly. Um, and treat everybody equally. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I don't I don't believe in special treatment even for my best players. Mm-hmm. Um, if they screw up in practice or they screw up in school or they do something dumb at school mm-hmm. and discipline-wise, they're gonna be punished the same way. If it's sitting out a game or we take their uniform for a week or whatever the situation is, um, I try to treat them all exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we laugh all the time with Coach Renteria, with Abel, because he's kind of a little bit more buddy buddy with them, and I'm definitely not. Mm-hmm. But it makes it easy for me to be the bad guy when I'm yeah, not, that's and it true. makes it easier for him to kind of like, you know, coddle them a little bit um, when I am mean to them, which I'm okay with. I think it's healthy to have that, yeah, like those two true. relationships on a team. That's true. And we've always kind of had that. Um, and
1: he's good at being the good guy.
0: <laughs> he is good at being the good guy. He does not like being the bad guy. He so the, I, I enjoy it most times. Sometimes I don't, but mm-hmm. he does enjoy doing that. So
1: I asked Abel to come on, um, and he. Like, reluctantly said no. I knew he was going to say no, but I just had to ask Abel. Like, hey, Abel, do you want to come on? And it took him five days to answer, but he said no, politely. (laughs) Nani, do you have any questions? Have you... Is it true what he's saying?
2: Um, No answer and (laughs) no comment on that. But I agree that there should be discipline if you want to play. And, yeah.
1: So you came from Dove, and... At the time when you were at Dove, did they have a soccer team?
2: Um, When I attended there, I attended there at sixth grade. So from sixth grade to 10th grade, we had a soccer team. And I was always scared to join. But during my eighth grade year, it was like, it's my last year. Mm -hmm. It's middle school. So I joined. And the funny part is like, okay, so I did cross country that eighth grade year. And I did it for conditioning for soccer. And then when I joined the team, they're like, oh, we don't have a keeper. And then I was like. I did all this conditioning for nothing. So, great. I of course, I took one for the team, and I was keeper my eighth grade year. And honestly, I don't think it was that bad. We had, like, a little bit of games, but we kept up pretty good.
1: Nice. And then coming, which I heard you guys were great across country, by the way, so congratulations uh, on that. Thank you. Yeah, yes. You guys won a couple championships, right?
2: Um. Yeah, my freshman year we placed third at state for three a cross country mm-hmm. i think it was 4a it's because we moved down yeah and then my sophomore year we won the regional champions in 3a and then i stayed we didn't place for state but i mean we held we had a good run for all of our races previously because we ran no we won first at most of our races nice. so like we were really dedicated and we wanted to win and go to stay of course nice nice yeah.
1: you can't hear but there's applause in our ears right now He can hear and we can hear him. she's just like what so coming from Dove, was it different than getting to experience the soccer here at, Do- uh, at Sun- uh, Santa Fe
2: South? Uh, yes, definitely. So coming from Dove, practicing there, uh, we didn't have a field. So we would practice at Douglas Park, mm-hmm. like a public park anyone would go. But uh, whenever we'd practice there a day, it was like we were really conditioned. We'd run like. Two miles mm-hmm. from our coach. And then another thing, he would like make us do hills, like oh, yeah. up and down. Like it he is. would make us like piggyback up people up the hill. Mm-hmm. And like I remember one time, like I dropped someone down the hill and all oh, I like, just see her like rolling <laughs> down. But like I guess from the difference between Santa Fe and Dove is like, I guess Dove is more disciplined because mm-hmm. uh, obviously you need to keep up with your grades. Academics. Yeah. And then the people around each other, like we felt like we we're like more like a family. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, oh, if we want to win, we need to learn how to play together, learn how to talk and everything. And then um, moving to Santa Fe, it's more different because the school's more public. So um, everybody has, like, whenever you go to school, like, you're not going to be able to, like, see them in the hallway. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone has their own life in high school. And then coming down to practice, like, we're all focused on one thing, of course. And I guess the coaches are, they know what they're doing more. And there's, I guess, more skilled players. Like, yeah. they all care about the same thing, you know?
1: A lot of them are doing their private yeah. trainings now. Have you seen that pick up more now than it has been, more private trainings with these kids?
0: Yeah, I mean, my the first couple of years I, I coached, we didn't have hardly anybody even playing club ball or mm-hmm. doing anything um, outside of high school ball, and it showed. We had some kids that were skilled here and there. They may play some indoor or something during the summer, but um, now we've got a ton of kids playing club. we got kids right now in Arizona. I've got, I think, nine kids in Arizona right wow. now. Um, playing club ball and stuff like that. And then kids are picking up individual um, trainings. I mean, Abel's doing trainings with Mm -hmm. some of our kids. Um, And then he picks up trainings with uh, with other high school kids. So that's become more popular Mm -hmm. um, and just easier access, I think, for our kids. And now that Mm -hmm. it's become easier access, it's just been much better for our kids to take advantage of that.
1: Man, it's just holistically, the whole Santa Fe South, it sounds like it's just a well-oiled soccer machine. How do you guys do it?
0: Um, I think consistency. It's one of the f- few sports at Santa mm-hmm. Fe South that's had the same coach or coaches yeah. for the 21 years that Santa Fe South's been open. Um, other sports have, you know, had a coach for two or three years and you know mm-hmm. replaced, and then two or three years replaced. That's also why cross country's been good because mm-hmm. Mr. Brewster's been out there from day one. Um, our volleyball teams, you know, been mm-hmm. up at the top um, because the coach has been the same. She's a graduate of Santa Fe South that came back and coached. Um, so I think that's the secret, um, honestly. And on why it's a well-oiled machine. We don't have to hire a coach. They have to figure out everything. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I I, do all the scheduling. I do all the referees. I do all the buses. I do all that stuff like that. So it takes away that mm-hmm. stress from all the rest of the coaches. They just have to show up for practice and, and run a practice. So um, it's nice for the girls' team. It's good for Abel and everybody else just to like, yeah. just to deal with that only. So
1: That sounds like a dream. <laughs> it sounds like a dream. And then you have the – now you have three or four – uh, soccer pitches there now at the middle school? Is it still the middle school?
0: Uh, it's it's actually one of our elementary schools now. No, our middle school's school. moved over in the same building as us, mm-hmm. so it's an elementary school, but now we have our game field that we try to stay off of and then mm-hmm. two yeah two practice fields that are, that are over there now. So
1: It's hard for me to keep track of where everything is, because no, I, I only remember it from when you guys were at uh, the smaller building past Shields. before. On like 38th and Shields. Yes. Yeah, the Shieldsites, the three-story mm-hmm. elementary and, school. that we, <laughs> And the soccer yeah. place was the middle school. Yeah. That's how I remember it. and then right next to it, where is it? The sport house was the Alpha. Yeah, that right? was our Alpha Alternative School. in that, Man. Yep. Santa Fe South has grown. Has yeah, it? we
0: have. We have over four thousand students now. So we have three elementary schools, 4, and then one, students. yeah, and then one middle school, and then our, our giant high school. So how,
1: how does? <laughs> I'll ask Brewster when I ask him. I wonder <laughs> how he does it, because it's, and th- I think the key in that is also that a lot of the students that graduated from um, Santa Fe South eventually go back to teach at yeah. Santa Fe South. So that's definitely a key component there. One of the questions when I had posted on Instagram that you were going to be on the show to see if who had some questions. I had a really good one. If you can give me the Mount Rushmore of soccer players that you've had at Santa Fe South, who would it be?
0: So, so Mount Rushmore only has four players. And so I've been asked this question numerous times. I bet you, you have. And and then I've <laughs> even had the question of a starting lineup of 11, the best 11. That's the, the next one. This is this is going to be really hard for me okay. um, because position wise. um. But just oh. the
1: first the rawest of raw talent that you just was just jaw-dropping. Because I, can, I th- can think of a few, but I need it to come from.
0: I mean, the, the one that, that I think really put us on the map, um, he was a freshman in 06 when we lost the state championship. 06. Um, and then was a senior in 09 when we won it for the first time with Santiago Preciado. Oh, yeah. Um, along with Daniel Gallegos. They were both in the exact same class. Mm. Um, those two guys, like, worked hard got better and, I mean, had skills beyond their years and beyond their experience, so.
1: One was offensively offensively just a tank. And the I other mean,
0: just a beast. And then Daniel is just nonstop. He's going to shut down anybody that you have, and he's going to never give up. So those two, I mean, I would have to put those two up there. Yeah. Um, And then I had a – and we went to four straight state championships in 12, 13, 14, and 15, Um, and I had a group of freshmen that came in that year that played all four years hmm. Um, and added that – that class um we had jesus Andrade we called him junior mm-hmm. um they graduated in 2015 went on to OBU for 4 years start wow. played all 4 years at OBU for for Anthony Yawzi um shout out to Yawzi too yeah shout out to Yawzi um who graduated the same year I did so we played against each other in club ball when, really? we, when we were in high school so Where did you go to high school at Capitol Hill I'm, really? I'm I'm a I'm a local yeah we we'll, we can get into that later yeah, but
1: that's Peel that onion back in. it's slowly we'll, peel yeah, it back. we'll pull
0: that onion back later. Um so I would put Junior in there in the in the Mount Rushmore. Junior, that's three. Um that's three. So I'm, I'm really I'm really struggling on the fourth. Um there's there was another kid in 2015 that could definitely be there. Um
1: All the Santa Fe self-listeners uh, right now are holding I know, their edge like, of their please, seat like please, ah, I finally got him on record. <laughs>
0: um this is really, really hard. It's really, really difficult for me. Um I would have to say probably the one of the best leaders we've ever had mm-hmm. um, and one of the best players on top of that is Paco, Paco Flores. Paco Flores. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't best. say he's one of the best El players primo, we've ever had. had.
2: That's my coach right there. That's the coach. That's, that's, her, that's,
0: that's the head coach of the girls right now. Which that's, I, my co- <laughs> that's my coach. That's my coach.
2: That's my, my coach. <laughs>
1: that. That's my primo.
0: I would, I would put him up there because mm-hmm. he was a, a four-year starter for us, yeah. um, and he not just won state championships in cross country and in soccer both, but was a fantastic leader. Um, His senior year, he played with, like, broken ribs and stuff like that. Like, he did everything that you're supposed to do as a player um, and was a phenomenal student on top of that. And then went Mm -hmm. to college on top of that to play soccer. So um, I would probably put him there. There's some others that, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe skill-wise may have been better. But overall, as far as the leadership and, like, Mm -hmm. the kind of player that we want to say this is the the best player that we want to, like – Produce, mm-hmm. then I would I would probably put him up there. And mm-hmm. there's definitely a few others that are going to be probably mad at me for not mentioning their mm-hmm. names that are maybe more skilled or faster or whatever. But than, on a different day, yeah. depending on
1: how you're feeling, you probably throw them up. Yeah, there.
0: but yeah, and then definitely yeah. So I would I would put them. So I'd put Junior and Paco, mm-hmm. Santiago and Daniel. So Man. two from 2009, and then a kid from 2015, and then Paco from 2017. So
1: that's so wild. I got to play yeah. against two of those mm-hmm. Daniel and um, Daniel and Santiago. And I guess I'll tell this story because it provides a little context to having you on. But when we started our soccer at um, Dove Science Academy, we didn't have a soccer team our freshman year. We got a hold of one our junior year. Um, we didn't make it to playoffs that year. I broke my collarbone real early into that season, and it kind of just went downhill from there. But our sophomore year, we make it to playoffs. We play Santa Fe South at home. I ha- have terrible memory with a lot of things, but when it comes to soccer, memories, and stuff like that, I can remember it. Like, it was night. It was chilly because, you know, it's – No, it's towards the end of the season. Regardless, we go up 2 1. And after that, it just, we were getting dominated and we lost 3 2. But that was a story. We were up, they came back. My senior year, we play at Taft and I'm playing against um, Ramiro Becerra, uh, Michael, Ezra Viesquez, uh, Gabriel uh, Hernandez. I can, the homies, the guys, the bros. And same story. We go up 2 1. And someone makes a mistake in the back, can't clear it out for a corner kick. Somebody picks it up, Ramiro picks it up, scores it, and then they come back. 3-2. Same story every year. Wow. Yeah. So that's my bitter story about Santa Fe South. But I,
0: <laughs> I remember the Taft game very clearly mm-hmm. because uh, Ramiro Becerra and Luis Preciado, Santiago's little brother.
1: Yes, my goal in the midfield <laughs> was to piss them off. Stick to him. Don't let him turn. He's going to step on me. He's going to turn. Because he was a clever, clever, yeah. dirty player, as his brother was. And I'll yeah. go on tape, unafraid to say that. <laughs> They're the dirtiest of the dirtiest. But they were clever with it.
0: They, uh, they didn't like each other. They both wanted their stats. They all wanted their goals. They all wanted everything yes. about them. And so we, we put them both in the midfield. Didn't work out. So we put Ramiro up mm-hmm. top, put um, Luis in the middle. Um, and that year, we, we had a guy named Marleo Sevilla that was in the center mid with, mm-hmm. with Luis. But I remember in the overtime, we, we was tied 2-2, and Ramiro was wide open on the back side, left side, and we're screaming at Luis to play the ball to him. And he was like hesitant because it was Ramiro, and mm-hmm. he didn't want to play the ball to Ramiro. So he plays the ball to Ramiro, and Ramiro goes and scores, and we win. And I remember Luis coming over and giving Ramiro a big old hug and then coming over to me and I was like, I dude, I was not going to pass him the ball until you yelled at me. Damn. And then I was like, see, it's all about team, man. Yeah. That's all that stinking matters, man. Just freaking just do what you're supposed to do. And he was like, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And it was like it, it kind of squashed himself just because we won. And winning does do that. Yeah, It will squash some of that. But I, I remember that game playing as day. Yeah, um, as do I. With, yeah.
1: <laughs> as do I. That's a funny story. Yeah. And then you brought up those four years where you guys went back to back to back. How many state championships do you have?
0: Uh, We have three. Three? So Santa Fe Saltas lost four and won three. So we've been to seven. Yeah. So we lost in 06. Um, We won in 2009. We lost in 12, 13. Then we won in 14, 15. And then we lost in 17.
1: How was it the first time you guys won?
0: So in 2009, we played uh, Casha Hall, who had won three straight. Mm -hmm. So this was their fourth. A bunch of them were seniors. In 4A. In 2006, we played Casha Hall, and we were 5A. There was no Mm -hmm. 4A in 2006. They started a 4A. Cashaw was 4A. We were 4A. Hmm. Um, they had won three straight. Um, we are playing them at Mustang High School. Um, 0-0 at halftime. They come out and score a goal mm-hmm. um, on us, and we we start kind of, like, unraveling a little bit, and then we're like, we have Santiago, you know, up there. They have, like, three guys on Santiago because mm. they're not going to let Santiago beat them.
1: He was such a big name yeah. back in the day.
0: And then David Olivas, who's mm-hmm. little short, oh, David Olivas. Yeah. I was at that game. Yeah. I was at that game. He little, that little tiny. Game. I think he was a freshman or sophomore um, who just, I mean, works his tail off. With putting never his, some, Putting his body on yeah, the line. Wins two headers. He's mm-hmm. one of the shortest guys on the field. Wins two headers and scores two goals in the state championship. Santiago thinks he had a horrible game. And I said, well, because those three guys were on you the whole time is why mm. this guy was able to score. Um, We won 2-1, to and the girls coach at the time, Lonnie James, who used to coach at Carl Albert after he left Santa Fe, said, you finally did it. Congratulations. Welcome to the club. He'd won Mm. some championships at Bishop McGinnis back in the day. Um, He's like, welcome to the club. Congratulations and stuff like that. And it was, I mean, the one thing I can remember is all the kids that graduated before that that were, like, ran down in the field and were just ecstatic. I mean, all the 05, 06, 07, 08 guys that graduated. Just run down to the field and they're going crazy, celebrating with the team, yeah, yeah, like yeah. just as much as the team was was celebrating. So. I think
1: the whole city as a has a oh, whole yeah, celebrated. Was the whole South Side was all celebrated. the
0: kids had their heads shaved. They all had Mohawks before yeah, the game, yeah, except yeah. for yeah. one that had corn rolls. Um, but everybody shaved their heads, and it was yeah, it was a, it was a <laughs> great great time for Santa Fe South.
1: And then you went on a span where you won it back to back.
0: So in twelve and thirteen, in two thousand twelve, we played Mount Saint Mary's. We're up one zero with eighteen seconds left, and we give up a free kick from about halfway, about the halfway line. Mm. They dump a ball into the box, it hits a bunch of bodies, and they kick it in. So we Terrible. go, to, Yeah, so we go to overtime, we lose in overtime. Um, on bar, hits a crossbar, and the guy heads it in. Um, so we lose that game after being up 1-0 with 18 seconds left. So that's a heartbreaker anyway, to a south side, you know, another yeah. south side school basically it's in Mount St. Mary.
1: Knowing that you could have won.
0: Yeah. And so that that was that was brutal. In 2013, we played POTO in University of Tulsa. Okay. Worst thing about that game is we showed up three minutes before the game started. Why? Um, th- we, we we're on an Oklahoma City school bus, and there was an accident on the turnpike going up the University of Tulsa. Man. So we're stuck, stuck, stuck. And we finally – we had to get off at, like, a street light and, like, run into the stadium. We didn't even get to the stadium.
1: And there isn't anything that they could have done for you guys considering the circumstances? They gave us, like,
0: I think five or six minutes additional warm-up time. But there was a game going to be played right after ours, the next classification. So they were trying to keep everything online. So we said, let's just play it. Hmm. And we started out amazing. We scored a goal in, like, the first six minutes. And we thought that we were, like, doing really well. Um, And then (laughs) it just –
1: Sorry, I laugh because I can imagine as a player and as a coach, all this
0: built-up energy. So the other team is assuming that they're going to
1: show up and just going to be like, no, we're going to get them on their heels. No, these guys have this, like, they didn't think they were going to play. And then when they got on the field, it was just like you let a match under their behind and they're just gone.
0: And maybe it was better because we didn't have a lot of time to think about it during the Mm warm-ups. So we just went out there and boom, 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 get your shin guards on, get your cleats on, let's go. This is a final? State final? This is a state (laughs) final on the University of Tulsa field. So um, that game goes 3-3 to overtime. And then we get scored on like 4 to 3 in overtime. They had a they had a stud guy, left footy guy that mm-hmm. played at uh, Tulsa's uh, soccer club um, for Poto. And that guy, I mean, scored a, a goal that just barely skipped in on Nazareth Hernandez. Wow. That was our goalie. Nice. Um, yeah, Nas. Shout out to Naz. And so we lost that game mm-hmm. 4 to 3. And they scored four goals on five on five mistakes. Like we we made five mistakes. They scored four goals off of them. <sighs> And we put away most of our chances and dominated the entire game and so that was that was frustrating mm. and so that next year we were like there's no way this is going to happen mm. like there's just no way and we lost one game that next year mm. and we came out and just destroyed everybody and then we played southeast in the final that was huge too. um at the university of oklahoma mm-hmm. and on, the, on their soccer field and beat them 2-0 um and that was that was just there was so much better about that game because it was southeast um, it was Southside. It was at OU. That's
1: what I was going to mention. That was already a win for yeah, I mean, people
0: here in the city. Yeah, it was everything about it. It was two mm-hmm. Southside schools that were in the, ch- it was in the championships. That mm-hmm. was good. There was nobody from Tulsa representing it, you know, nobody yeah. outside the city. Um, so that put everybody on the map, which was good. Um, we beat Southeast, which is sort of a little rival to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just playing it at OU was just kind of fun. It was in the middle of the day. For me, it, it held a very personal game. That was the last game my dad was able to watch me coach oh, wow. um, before he passed. So that that game like held that for me as well. So that 2015 championship yeah, – or 2014, yeah. sorry, championship was was just there. And then the 2015, those seniors were like, we might as well go out on top. Like yeah, They were yeah, all just yeah. like – they were hungry, and we'd had some other players by then, and they were – we just dominated that whole year. I think we lost two games that year, and we beat Clinton in the final.
1: That was at Nor. That was in Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. The the downside of that game is we couldn't celebrate because there was like a tornado coming or something. It was something. windy that yeah. day. they said we couldn't celebrate. There was like, hey guys, there's a tornado coming. You guys, we need you off the field like now. Like we had just gotten the trophy yeah. and trying to take pictures and stuff, and they were trying to get us out of the stadium and on the buses and mm. out of there. So.
1: I feel like soccer just gets the short end of the stick a lot of times. Is, do you think, do you feel that way too?
0: Yeah, I do sometimes. I mean, we're Oklahoma. I yeah. mean, we know it's a football state. I mean, for the most part and a basketball state. Um, Definitely so, is a football state. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that is what it is. I think we're making like headway with some of that stuff, but it's still going to be difficult to That's get like over like
1: one of, one of my biggest gripes is that we always, to get that short end of the stick, um, for example, how they handled the COVID season. I mean, I'm not really sure what could have been done differently. But that was terrible for the seniors that just didn't get to finish that year. And then juniors. I mean, I think the juniors did eventually get to finish their senior year, right? But could there have been anything different that could have been done?
0: The only thing I could think of is if they did – it would have been difficult, but do like the college did, give a kid an extra year of eligibility. So if a kid – decided i want to go to i mean i want to stay one year of high school and they need some more credits or they can do concurrent enrollment at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. allow a kid to come back and do that it would have been a mess yeah. for the ossa to probably manage and yeah. for schools to try to manage but um that's the only thing i can think of is to give those kids an extra year of eligibility or, or or something like that but everybody was dealing with it exactly the same and when they shut down everything on march 4th i mean it was just kind of difficult to deal with so
1: yeah, and then spring break. Oh, March 4th, that's almost yeah, we played one two game three years ago.
0: We had one game, yeah. We played one game, one regular season game Damn. after preseason, then they shut it all down on March 4th, yeah.
1: That's horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. So let's bounce back to those questions that we had. Okay. Keep you on your toes a little bit. We're jumping all over the place. Your top 11 for that you've had. Okay. You've named two players that more than likely are going to be there. we got got uh, Preciado up top, then Gallego somewhere in the midfield. But uh, what formation are you going with considering the players that you have?
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just do a four four two 2 with a stopper sweeper um, just to make this. it easy. Um, <laughs> we don't run that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we run a, f- a five four two, a five four one, basically what we run now. But I'll just do a 4-4-2 four, because four, it'll make it easy to have the four defenders, four midfielders, and two forwards. So, um, This is where
1: I put the suspense music behind to keep everybody that's listening. This Young is, like, like really hard because I really have to, zoom like, in on think and
0: think and think and, think and think. Um, Okay, so goalkeepers um, – this has always been difficult, but I'm, I'm going to go back all the way back to 2007. Um, we had a guy named Gustavo Rodriguez, Gustavo Rodriguez. Um, that lives in California now. I'm sure he'll never hear this, but a lot of his buddies will. And people that know him, that graduated in 2007. Um, that guy was phenomenal for six months. Like before that, he was like not really consistent and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But for six months, he was by far the best goal I've ever seen in high school, hmm. like ever. Um, so in his prime, I would put Gustavo Rodriguez. He could play with his feet. He was a big body. Gustavo I mean, Rodriguez. so he was, yeah, he was a stud.
1: I have to look it up. If I was good at design, I'd have the pitch of 11 right here. So whoever's listening that's good at design, put his face at the goalie
2: spot.
0: Okay. So Gustavo Rodriguez will put him in goal. Uh-huh. Um, I would definitely put Paco at sweeper. Paco at sweeper. Um, even though Daniel Gago's played that for us, uh, mm-hmm. he'll be on the field, don't worry. Um, I'll put Daniel on the field. But put him in the more I'll put, effective Yeah, position. I can put... Um, I'll put Paco there. Um, the best stopper we had um, was a guy you might have played with that at MACU or was around MACU was Martin Felix. Um, this guy, I mean, had a lot of range, um, could play. I mean he was he was that player, that tough player that's gonna win every header. I was going to go into every single thing and would give us. I mean, his left yeah. arm for his teammate. That guy um, played with a lot of heart. It's, it's tough between him and Jose Dozel, honestly. Dozel, them too them, st- them two were really good stoppers for us. Um, another MACU guy, Yeah, too. another MACU guy. I mean, we got a lot of MACU um, mm-hmm. alumni. Um, so definitely put them on left back. Another guy for MACU, Jonathan Loya. Loya, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's one of the best left backs we had. We had another guy named Ernesto Castillo that was really good back in the day. Um, and even Gabriel Hernandez that, mm-hmm. that you guys probably know, um, they all played left back. So I'll, I'll probably go with Jonathan Loya for, for the skill wise. Um, he, he could be able to keep the possession with us. I will bet Daniel, um, Gallegos in the, in the center mid mm-hmm. with, with junior. Um, but a, a, a strong second would be chickies would be Adrian for both. That Ooh. guy is a beast He's a in bulldog. the center mid. Yeah. Um, was a fantastic leader, mm-hmm. fantastic coach on the field. Absolutely yeah. fantastic coach on the field. I played with him at Santos. He's yeah. a good guy. Um, so I, he would be he would be the first one off the bench mm-hmm. if either one if Junior or uh, Gallegos was was ever down. Um, I'd put Ramiro, Becerra, Becerra on the right side. Guy could run forever. Um, technical. At, I mean, technical players, super fast. Um, but had good first touch. Could play the ball. Loved the game. Mm-hmm. Um, could play the possession game. Could play the you know any kind of game we wanted to play almost. Um, so definitely do that. On the left wing, this is going to be a little harder. Um, I may have to come back to left wing. So up top with Santiago, um, a guy that scored a lot of goals for us, Mm -hmm. um, mainly because of his speed. Um, But a guy named uh, Edgar Ramirez, Mm -hmm. um, who used to live here on the south side, moved to Texas just recently, um, was an all-stater for us in 07. Um, He was just lightning fast, but could possess the ball, Mm -hmm. had great first touch. Um, he was best friends with Martine essay mm-hmm. that was also in the center. That room. guy
1: was a monster. I and heard back in the day when I got to Macu, he had already gone through some injuries, mm-hmm. but prime him, I heard he was a monster.
0: Yeah, he was. A, he was a monster. Back then, we didn't have a lot of skilled players all the way around, so we couldn't play that possession game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of Martine dribbling through three or four people, mm-hmm. um, and he had. I mean, he had the ability to do that. Um, and I wish he would have. Wouldn't have been an 07 grad. If he'd have been an 08 grad, it would have been that much better for yeah. him to be able to play with those other players um my left wing i'm still struggling with i'd probably put luis Presciado over there mm. um, one of the best left-footed players we've had yeah. at santa fe south um, moises robles is probably mm-hmm. a close second mm-hmm. they can play that position really well um, and so it's i mean it's hard for me to come up with 11 i'm sure there's people that i'm leaving out you named I, like 30 yeah no i know <laughs> i'm like i'm trying to i'm trying to get my bench like mm-hmm. you know verified too mm-hmm. um and so yeah i mean that's always tough without yeah, me looking through tough, every single team I've ever had tough, and being tough, like this tough. guy. I mean, there's a Brian Rios that could play up top yeah. that was lightning, lightning fast back in the day um, that scored a ton of goals for us. Um, hmm. this is a, it, yeah. it, bring,
1: it brings up a good topic of um, team of the decades. Like your 2000s, your 2010s, and now you're working into – you can't name your two this decade. But that's a lot of solid, 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 solid players. And I bet you they all loved listening to that part. So there's <laughs> his – 11 all-time for santa fe south that's that's a great list it's a great list
2: okay so for soccer obviously you have to have like a brand so who would you choose a uh, nike or adidas or if you have another one
0: so i for so many years when i started playing soccer in high school and stuff we were all adidas and so i loved adidas i was i'm a messy guy so he was adidas all the way um but uh, I mean, the last probably 10 years I've been Nike and our whole school changed to Nike for like three years. And then now they're wanting us to change again to Under Armour, I mean. which oh. is just like I'm, it's like pulling my hair out to do that. Dang. So I don't want to make the conversion fully mm-hmm. like for the, the the gear that I wear. But the kids are going to have to wear it for the uniforms and stuff like that. But Nike yeah. is definitely where I'm at now for sure. So
1: I like that one. Yes, That's a good yeah. question. I have a question now because I'm going over the list. <laughs> This is coming from another person on our Football Factory Instagram, which I think I'm going to do. I'm going to announce who I'm going to have as a guest and have them give me questions. Uh, it says, which Santa Fe soccer team, in your mind, is the best of them all? He's probably like, I hear this all the time.
0: I, I don't hear this all the time, but it was asked of me, <laughs> I think, two or I think two years ago. Uh, and then Abel's convinced that the team we have now would beat any team that Santa Fe has ever had. Um, Some of the kids you have right now are just... Oh, I just... I, I don't know... Um, the 09 team with Santiago and Daniel, all them as seniors They went to the state and, and won it. That's probably the toughest team That's we had. Team. Um, physically, they could beat you. They could play the physical game. Um, we had enough technical players that we were really, really good. Um, but we didn't have a lot of depth on that team. I only had like two or three players I would mm-hmm. put in very often um, off the bench. That 2015 team that, won, that went to four straight and that won in 15, had the most technical players. I mean, I think all 11 players could play with their feet. Mm-hmm. We had plenty of subs that could play. Um, so I think as of right now, and actually I think our, our best team that we've ever put on the field was probably 2016 that we lost in the first round of Weatherford in mm. PKs and double overtime. That was the most offensive and defensive just stacked team that we really? just couldn't put it together. But um, I would say right now the 2015 team probably just technical um, the 2019 would have been brutal to play against the 2015 team, mm-hmm. but I think the 2015 would have passed like crazy and just exhausted out the, the 2019. Yeah. Um, but defensively, I don't know who would have handled Santiago on the 2015 team. So it's it's one of those like Paco would have had to handle him and stuff like that. And that's a good luck. Yeah, good luck Paco with, with Santiago. So um, I, I'd say 2015 team as of now. This 20? team, this team that we have this year is shaping up to be yeah. something something special. Uh, and we even have we don't even have that many seniors on this team. So even after this year next year could be something special as well so
1: nice i'll pass the mic to you then nani you have a question
2: um my question is what keeps you motivated to stay coaching every single year since it's been that's
1: your a 19th great year great right? Paolo, you better watch out cuz he's <laughs> coming for you dude
0: what keeps me motivated um the kids um when we have graduation we see parents up there that have been to a bunch of games and stuff like that for the last 4 years or some kid that's been playing for 4 years that gives you a big ol' hug or something on stage at graduation or um, anything like that, or just on senior night when parents are just super happy to be out there celebrating their their kid, Mm -hmm. Um, that's probably what brings me back more and more every single year. Um, And then just not knowing, I mean, every team deals with it the same. They come back the next year not knowing who they're gonna have, who's gonna be the best player, who's not gonna be the best player, who you thought you could depend on, who maybe Mm -hmm. not gonna be there anymore. so it's always that that question of like who, what's your team going to look like? You mm-hmm. know, are you going to be strong? You're not going to be strong. Like how can you compete with your classification or maybe people above you, um, stuff like that. So that's what brings me back every single year is the, the wondering how good the team's going to be, and mm-hmm. then knowing what what it's like to have those parents like thank you for four years of, you know, dedicating yeah. to their, their son or daughter for soccer. So
1: Some of that, some of those kids just, if they didn't have that soccer, yeah. Lord knows who, where we would end up because that takes up a lot of our energy considering that you guys are running them to the ground off season. So they don't even have energy to go do something dumb or stupid. And then on season, if your grades are not, up, you're not playing. So you have, that's, I mean, why I went to college, that's what would motivate me to keep my grades up besides just my parents. But like I wanted to play and if I didn't have my grades, I wasn't going to play. So that's, Definitely huge, huge, and cool on your part, man. Twenty nineteen years. I mean, I don't want to ask the question, but now I got to ask the question. Like, d- how long do you see yourself coaching like that?
0: So I, I mean, I'm an assistant principal now at Santa Fe South. So nice, it's nice. it's become a little bit challenging. Congratulations. Yeah, Congratulations. thank you. This is my I think third year. COVID was the first year so that you know okay. became crazy immediately. Yeah, thanks. Um, so with that, it becomes a little a little challenging here and there. Um, I do have really good assistant coaches. I mean, with Abel and and um, Carlos Castananos and then, um, Abraham and then Abraham, um, Romero, who's a former player total, um, that's come back to help us coach. And then Paco's helping with the girls now. So, mm-hmm. um, I would say I probably have, you know, three or four more years, um, would be my ideal, you know, time mm-hmm. that'd be 22 years in 22 is my number. I don't know, you know, you have all these mm-hmm. different things that, okay. That people you know, like go out there. And so, I mean, that's just a good number for me. Um, I'll be 45. That'll be a good time for yeah. me to step down. I'm 42 now. So, um, but that's in an ideal world. I mean, that yeah. could be five years down the road. That could be one year down the road. So, I mean, I'd say in an ideal world, three more years. I mean, would hmm. be my my ideal.
1: S- sounds short. You might do a Tom Brady and be like, "Hey, my <laughs> life is on the I, pitch." That guys. could
0: very well happen. I could say, "Yeah, I'm done," and then all the rest of the coaches leave, and they don't have a coach. i will be like, "Okay, hey, I'll do it again." Like so.
1: Yeah. yeah. Did you see Tom Brady's coming back to I the did. NFL? I saw that. Do you think Cristiano Ronaldo had anything to do with it?
0: I I told everybody that he went to that game at Man U when Cristiano Ronaldo went off for of the hat trick and. I was like, like, see, isn't this is fun? You need to keep doing this. Yeah. I think Brady was probably like, yeah, you're right.
1: There was a picture <laughs> and a video clip of them after the game yeah. on the pitch yeah. talking to each other, and then lo and behold, the news comes out. I mean, those two are goats.
0: As it are you a Red Devil? I'm not. No, who do you go for? No. I, I for in, in the EPL, I go for Man City actually okay. instead of Man U. Um, I love Roy. I just absolutely love yeah. that guy. I mean he's, he's just a the, monster. Dude, dude, dude. He's, a, he's the beast.
1: He's just. I mean, and they had a t- did you the tough result against Crystal Palace, but yeah. some of the balls that this guy can put in. It's just ridiculous. Well, his
0: work ethic, I mean, he's, he's box to box. I mean, just nonstop. He scores goals when they need him to score goals, but he's just that, just that constant piece in the middle of the field. It's just smooth. And he's not flashy. Smooth. He's not cocky. He's not dirty. None of that stuff. He just plays that's straight up, I, and everybody, I mean, just has mad respect for him. So.
1: That's what I like about him. He's smooth. He makes yeah. it look simple, and the players that make it look simple are just a different – they're cut from a different cloth. Yeah. But that's – wow, some good questions. Any other question, Nani? Uh, no. No, I have Not one now. more. I have one more here. Uh, how do you feel about this team this year? Does he think they can make it to state?
0: I do think that we can make it to state. I do think that we've got a few more things we've got to figure out. Um, we've got a lot of really, really skilled individuals on the team. So now getting them all to work together, getting them in the position is going to make them um, positive, like doing stuff for us positive ways. Um, is going to be important for us um, the biggest thing right now is that we've got to keep people healthy mm-hmm. um, we do have some depth on the team which is rare for us to have really really good skilled players that come off the bench and we don't skip a beat on the field mm-hmm. um, so that's been that's been good we haven't had a chance to really take advantage of it fully um, because we just got three of those players from the OSSA and we've mm-hmm. had some other players that have been out with injury and stuff so um, once we're 100% healthy I will be very surprised if we're not competing um, for state. If if we stay healthy and stay out of trouble and discipline wise and and uh, eligibility wise, I think I'll, I'll be very surprised if we're not competing for state.
1: Mm. What are your goals for this year?
0: Uh, the only goal that we ever have coming in is is to state is to win state. state. Um, we have seventeen district championships, yeah. so that's like that. We don't even care about that. Not so. that it's not an important thing for somebody to celebrate. Um, but that's just like a no-brainer for us. Mm-hmm. And the year that we went the furthest in 2015, we ended up not winning state that year. I mean, not winning districts that year. Mm-hmm. So we, even winning districts doesn't really do anything except for give you home-field advantage in the playoffs, which is a, an important thing. Um, but that's always going to be our goal is state, like no matter what. And then if we don't reach state, then, you know, there's got to be somebody that could be better than us. Mm-hmm. Um, we always tell ourselves we can't beat ourselves. We don't think that any team can beat us straight up. We d- are afraid that we can beat ourselves if we don't do things the way we're supposed to do them. So we mm. are convinced that we are the best team on the field and as long as we don't beat ourselves and we'll win most games so nice. that's
1: that's yeah. that's a good mantra to have it. are there any other type of mantras that you feed your players from the beginning
0: of the season uh no not really um we just tell them that you know if you work hard and do what you're supposed to do like in the game that, mm. that positive things will happen um you know guys will you know have a bad game have an off game whatever like mm-hmm. that they don't think that they're playing well but it's like hey you're still doing what you're supposed to be doing you're getting better you made the right decision mm-hmm. you're doing this you're working hard making the other team you know change what they're doing then you're, you're helping us even if you don't feel like yeah. stat wise you're doing well or anything like that mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean we just tell kids to work hard and listen to us we we know way more about soccer than you guys do even mm-hmm. though we're not on the field with you guys yeah. and they all think they know more than us most of the time yeah. um but we do know a lot about soccer um all of us coming from a point of view that we all used to play on the field with them um at some point in our lives so yeah
1: okay i have two points i wanted to go but I'll go back to this other point. You said you played high school against Yazi because you went to Capitol Hill. He what high school did he? He, he went go to Choctaw. To Choctaw. Wow. At that time, how was the high school soccer going on?
0: Um, it wasn't. It wasn't fantastic. Was Capitol Hill was, was pretty good. Um, we had competed. We'd won 10, 10 plus games mm-hmm. almost every year. Uh, my freshman year, I didn't play soccer. I was, I was dumb. I played baseball my freshman year. Okay. Um, I grew up playing football and baseball. Um, but then after that, I just started playing soccer nonstop. And so my, my last three years, I played. Um, yeah, he went to he went to Choctaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing for Magpies, and he was playing for Celtic, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. So we played against each other a little bit in club ball. Um, and then after he went to college and graduated college and stuff like that, we actually played on a club team together, like an old kind of old man team mm-hmm. after we were all at college and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we we're almost the exact same age and stuff like that and so we just we've just known each other a long long time, so yeah. The,
1: the soccer community in Oklahoma City is really small. Yeah. so it must be pretty cool getting to see somebody that you're, you know, used to kick it with. Now he's what the women's coach at Mid-America Christian University, right? Yeah. So yeah, that guy's doing a lot of good things too. Nani, any questions?
2: Um, what would be your favorite rival like Southside game <sighs> rival?
1: Yes, that's that like was the
2: Santa other favorite question. What's
0: the next? Yeah, it's it's definitely U.S. Grant. Um, Grant, okay. yeah, it's definitely U.S. Grant. They've probably been the biggest. Southeast is like dang. <laughs> Capitol Hill is like dang. Well, no, South. I mean, we we have a little bit of a rivalry with them. Yeah. But there's no bad blood there. I guess is is the difference mm-hmm. between those two. With Grant, there's bad blood. There's um, bad blood with Grant. <laughs> there's bad blood. Just I think it's just I mean they've always said, "Well, you guys only win state in 4A, or you guys only go to the playoffs in 5A. But you, if you guys were in 6A like us, you wouldn't be as good." Mm. And I was like, "But you guys have never done it in 6A," and yeah. so it's always been you know one of those things. And they've had some really 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 good players and really good teams Um, and Coach Cookson has been there a really long time he's been I mean he's phenomenal because he's been there so long and he continues to dedicate to that school and to that program um but it's definitely it's just definitely US grant. I just mm. there's just a rivalry there. Our school when we first started was over there off of Penn and mm-hmm. in, in the old YMCA where one of our elementary schools are. Mm-hmm. Um and so it just became a rivalry right away right away. Um when we started playing sports it's and they would beat us rivalry. the first couple of years, then we'd win a couple and they US Grant and, and that's an all sports at Santa Fe South, it's not just soccer.
1: There's been things that have gone on off the court, you know, like yes. that. <laughs> i mean i've only heard of a few but like what what things have gone on
0: so there's a there's a few things that i, I think i can mention now mm-hmm. um our lawyers told us two years ago not to mention them or not to talk about them um yikes <laughs> yeah i mean yeah when you start talking about lawyers right yeah. um uh, so we we had some players that left mm-hmm. grant um that came over to santa fe south to play soccer um and we apply with the ussa to get them eligible and the ossa denies them but then us grant wasn't going to sign the paperwork and you know everything and said that we recruited them and we were like well you have no proof that we recruited them we yeah. didn't know any of these players until they walked in our you know mm-hmm. walked in our doors um and so they told the ossa that, that they were recruited and all this kind of stuff and what? sent them text messages from a, a conversation that didn't even involve any mm-hmm. of these four gentlemen um ossa does a formal investigation like they come Man. and do a formal investigation of all of us interview all of us wow um we get lawyers involved all that kind of stuff and then it still just becomes a nope those kids are not gonna be eligible Hmm. and so those kids this is the COVID year interestingly enough um those kids say okay i'm not gonna be eligible at santa fe south i guess i'm gonna go back to grant so they leave our school Hmm. um three of them do go back to grant and play one game and then COVID hits so he set out that game most of them were juniors um one kid stayed with us Mm -hmm. and so he was able to play last year with us Mm -hmm. because he set out the year um and then two of the kids came back and just didn't play soccer because they had to sit out a year. Um, so it came to our school because they wanted to be at our school. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them had girlfriends at our school. Mm-hmm. Um, another one just wanted to be at our school because they thought it was better academically. Um, but, I mean, ended up not being able to play because OSSA, mm-hmm. you know, said they had to sit out a year. So, mm-hmm. um, and if they had just stuck it out and, you know, sat out that year during the COVID year, not that anybody knew about COVID, yeah. but um, then they would have been eligible to play their, their senior year with us and it would have been fine. So.
1: Yikes. It goes down. Yeah, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so I mean, so that that was probably like the not the last straw, but that's kind of what the the, that's kind of renewed all of that like hatred, I guess, a little bit towards them.
1: It sounds hard to believe that they went so far as Mm -hmm. to do that, because not only are you burning that relationship, but you're also affecting the kids. You know, like why not just let the kids go and play? Because at the end of the day, you know, but just to go that far. And that's
0: what's that's what that's what was sad to us is that Mm -hmm. I've always had a really good relationship with Coach Cookson Mm -hmm. and with U.S. Grant. And we play them every single year. We played them either either regular season game or preseason, no matter what. It was mm-hmm. just a good game for everybody to be involved. Um, and then since that, that was that I mean that that relationship was severed at a hundred percent. Now we've tried to patch it up a little bit this year. We played them in the preseason. And we're, we're scheduled to play them in the preseason until the, the snow happened and, mm-hmm. and ice, and we had to cancel it. But um, but him and I have have kind of kind of mm-hmm. merged that relationship back to to good. close to where it was um because we know that it's better for all of our kids involved yeah. that we play each other and that we're at least on good terms to to be able to play each other and stuff like that. I mean, both teams play really good soccer. Mm-hmm. All the kids love the game. All the kids know each other, you know, on and yeah. off the field. So I mean, it's just it's just a good thing to have, so.
1: That's true. They, I mean, cuz those kids play against each other regardless. They might yeah. be practicing with each other after school too. So I mean, there's no reason why we all uh schools down here work together to you know, raise <laughs> it's this it's been the saying that's been stuck in my head, but Rising Tides Raise All Boats, you know, yeah. all working towards the same thing. So it's unfortunate to hear that, but it's good to hear now that you guys are in a better spot, too. We've been on for 51 minutes. Nani, do you have any questions?
2: Um, okay. So from being a Southside school, how does it feel um, being that team winning games and playing against schools like in Tulsa? Like they're always like known, like, oh, we're going to win. And then always being the underdogs like coming through. Like, how does that feel, like, to always be the underdog? It's a good
0: question. So, for me, I mean, like I said, I came from Capitol Hill. So, mm-hmm. when, I mean, I didn't really know any different. I mean, I went to Capitol Hill. My, my parents mm-hmm. graduated from Capitol Hill, 1969, 1970. Um, and so, my parents are a product of the South Side. I was a, be, indirectly became a product of the South Side. And so, when we were at Capitol Hill, we would go play a school that wasn't in the city. And we would play like, okay, we just expect we're just supposed to just play soccer and win, but then we deal with other things, you know, racism or whatever else like that. People screaming different things or people saying, oh, they're an inner city school, like they're poor. They don't have a nice uniform set or they don't have nice warm ups or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just like, we don't care. We just want to play soccer. And that's all we cared about. Um, And at Santa Fe South, that's the way we've always been like, let's just go play soccer. And it's been. It's actually good. It, it like warms my heart anytime we get to beat a school mm-hmm. that is either highly racist or like doesn't like looks down on us upon anything. Um, it just adds that little bit more of pride of like you guys just need to realize that like the game is the game. Like yeah. soccer is soccer, and you know it takes eleven on eleven. You know sometimes eleven on fourteen if it's the mm-hmm. referees get involved. But yeah,
1: great um, yeah. <laughs> keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Um, but I mean, it, 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 if it just comes down to soccer, that it should just be soccer, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful, beautiful game. It's the best game in the world. Um, best game that's played around the world. More mm-hmm. countries play soccer than any other sport. Um, and I've coached seven different sports at Santa Fe South, and soccer's still my favorite. That's why I've stuck it out the longest at, at, mm-hmm. at soccer. So, um, But it, there's a, there's a, there's a definitely another element of pride when we beat a school that's not in the city, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just right outside the city. Um, it's just not an inner city school. I mean, it's fun to beat the kids in the inner city as well mm-hmm. because it's just got a little bit bragging rights yeah. locally. Like Big having bragging those, rights. Yeah. Um, for one year, at least, or at least till the next game, um, but I, I enjoy when we take a long road trip and go beat somebody. We we just got back from Eden, one of the coldest games I've ever coached.
1: It's a solid um, team, Eden.
0: Yeah, Edid, I mean, a really good six A team, um, and our boys battled and battled and battled, and we 0 zero zero go to PKs, and we win in PKs after like I think seven shooters or something. So yeah, I mean, freezing cold game. I mean, elements were not you know great for anybody, um, and we pull out that win, and that coach was like, we are super super impressed with you guys. Yeah, um, I was
2: on the side like let's go, like, turn on and the it keeper. Was, it was it was intense. It was so and, we, and that's cool.
0: what we try to schedule mm-hmm. as many 6A schools as we can. We know that's the only way we're going to get better yeah. is if we play 6A schools or a really, really good 5A school that's not in our district. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so much easier to find a good quality 6A school that's, that's in this area that will play yeah. us. Um, and some 6A schools don't want to play us because it's a lose-lose for them. If we beat them, they look bad. They beat us, well, you just beat a, 6, a 5A school. So mm-hmm. either way, it's a lose-lose for them sometimes. That's, but,
1: that's what I was going to ask you. If, there, if it ever gets difficult to schedule these games, considering
0: that Santa Fe South is a heavy name you know yeah some. i mean some schools will say absolutely not we don't want to play you guys um no yeah i mean some i mean we've we've had that um we've had teams that don't have a very good guys team yeah. but they have a good girls team mm-hmm. and so their girls team wants to play us but their boys team doesn't or vice versa ah, sucks. um and so that's a little bit of a struggle but now our girls team is as up yes. their game and they're so much better than they used to be um that they can hang now mm-hmm. i mean they they were dominating enid mm-hmm. for for 25 yeah 25, 30 minutes of that game. I mean, there was back. It was back and forth, and we actually had more chances than they did. Mm-hmm. Um, our girls, I think, lost a little bit of headway, and we don't have a lot of of, of backups. Or you know, we have a, a few players on the bench, mm-hmm. and I don't think they even have 18 players. I don't think total on their team right now. Mm-hmm. They're varsity level, um, and, that, and I I stress that to Paco. He's been doing a great job, and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to put somebody that's on. He doesn't want to put somebody on varsity that's not on that level, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate that about Paco. That he's mm-hmm. not just going to put some girl that's you know out there, you know, working hard but it's going to go out there on a varsity game and not be able to mm-hmm. you know, do things for them. Um, but it's so kind of like played well.
1: double-edged sword. And, you know, but I can see but why he would you, say that. But now that, you're short on the bench, right, of like yeah. getting anybody,
0: anybody, anybody goes down with, you know, needs rest mm-hmm. or a yellow card or injury or anything, then you're really struggling to get somebody in there to do something. And um, that game I really feel like was just attrition. I mean, our yeah. girls just kind of struggled a little bit, and they kept subbing in four or five girls that were fresh, mm. um, and they just kept flip-flopping them. And then I think that's what eventually ended up getting us, so. Um, but it was. I mean, it's a really good game, and it's. I mean, we if we can t- continue to do that, it'll yeah. it'll just let everybody Almost know in every the state that Santa Fe South guys and girls both are like a team to be reckoned with. So.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. When I had seen that on the schedule, Enid against Santa Fe South, I I knew it was going to be a good game, especially because there's a lot of Hispanics out there in Enid as well. And I don't know if it was anything like when I would go play out of town, but those they show up. <laughs> no, the whole crowd shows up, PKs and everything. That was big huge win congratulations on that what's the next big game that you guys are looking forward to
0: so we we don't have any games until next friday we go to the northwest class tournament so that mm-hmm. first game is against yukon which okay. would be a good game yeah. they, they beat mustang this year already so mm-hmm. um so that'll be a good game um and then i don't know who we would play in the second round if we win that game um and i don't want to get way ahead of us or anything like that but we would love to see northwest class mm-hmm. again in some way shape or form either in the final or both teams. Either, yeah. but that's I an think both teams you. want to. I mean, guys and girls definitely both I mean we both want to see Northwest class. I think right. Northwest guys wants to see us again too. I love this Um because we're we're a different team now. Mm-hmm. Like I say, we've gotten three players actually four players that we didn't have in the first mm-hmm. game against them, three that OSSA oh, and then an injury. So that's gonna make I mean a giant difference, a mm-hmm. huge difference on the game. Um and so we'll see. I mean that's that's the next kind of big game coming up. Mm-hmm um and then we have i think medill is coming to town they're a, they're a 4a team that normally puts 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 together a pretty good team they're almost all hispanic too mm-hmm. down in the yeah. um and then after that we start we start um our district play so
1: mm-hmm. yeah. that's when it gets really exciting yeah Intense. i guess always adding another division eventually does help out but i feel like for a certain little bit it, it's kind of unequal for a little bit um how do you feel about the addition of 3a for the soccer
0: I think it's been good. Um, It was unfair because 6A and 5A had 32 teams, and then Mm -hmm. 4A had like 48 or 50 teams or something. Yeah, back in the day. Um, When they opened up 3A it became more equal for the for the teams like Dove mm-hmm. and places like that that were smaller, smaller schools that were having to compete against bigger schools mm-hmm. for just because they didn't have anything for them to do.
1: We'd still get it done, though. We'd still right. get it done. <laughs> and,
0: and so I think it was, it was really, really good for mm-hmm. those. Now, I mean, we're still starting to see the private schools and every mm-hmm. classification that's still dominating mm-hmm. in 3A and 4A and 5A. Um, which you're just never not, not going to have that, yeah. um, and they're and OSA do, is doing whatever they can to try to you know squash that a little bit by making them move up a class and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I think three A has been good. You got mm-hmm. some some schools that should have won state mm-hmm. um, if they'd have had three A you know ten years ago. There's a lot of schools that would have a state championship right mm-hmm. now in soccer. Um, they can hang in three A compared to four A. So
1: yeah, that's true. That's the car's flying by behind us, huh? Um, Nani, you had a point you wanted to say a while ago when we were talking about Enid. Do you remember what you wanted to say?
2: game. Okay, so a Talk little backstory was okay, so our time we were supposed to play at five and they are supposed to play at 6:30. But I mean, the, some of the boys they had to go uh to Arizona, but it was so cold because we played at six thirty, and it was, I thought they were gonna cancel our game. I was kind of worried. I was like, they better have not canceled our game and like, some let them play. Some the boys games did play.
1: eventually get canceled that day or cut short.
2: Cause it was like, isn't it like thirty degrees or something? Like under a specific the rule? degree, you can't I'm not play? sure. I don't rule? know.
0: There, there is a rule on the start of the game. I think if it's under, I think twenty eight degrees, and then the wind chill factor is below that or something like <laughs> that. If it's yeah, but we were already, I mean, two hours away from home and already played the guys uh, game and let's uh, run it yeah
1: <laughs> let's run it he no said. i know
0: and we had moved the games up mm-hmm. too earlier than the day to try to like for the weather as well um and yeah we had requested to flip-flop the games and have the boys game first because we had we had five guys that had already left they mm. went to arizona we had four more they were playing on the varsity team mm. that were leaving immediately after the game mm. and so they left and as soon as our game was over dropped in a car and I actually got into a, a not a very i'm mean, like a pretty bad wreck in new oh, mexico really? on their way no, yeah right. total the car and everything like that oh and i had to take a train to like it was it's what a nightmare yeah, I mean everybody's fine now, but and there's a broken phone in there and some sore ribs and some other things from some players, but a totaled out car and some other stuff, and there was just a really bad snow oh wreck. Oh my
1: God! Well, Thank goodness that they're from safe. that. Yeah. yeah,
0: and so we I mean, we just did that for them so they could have a few more hours to mm-hmm. make the road trip, and then the girls were troopers and saying, "Yeah, we'll we'll do it," not knowing that it was going to yes. be 20. I think it was 22 degrees when they kicked off.
2: It was so hard and to stay warm. Yeah, it
0: was. It was. Yeah. I think it was the coldest game I've ever been involved really? in Santa Fe. Know, we've Honestly, had sleet and and snow and stuff like that, but it was really really cold.
2: Oh, but. Um, what I remember from that game was like going inside the locker room. It's like all warm, and then right when I'm getting out, I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Oh, like like just I had to like I couldn't. I needed to keep on moving. Like mm-hmm. I was not gonna stay still. And so before that game, like we're getting warmed up. We had like a really good warm up. Like everyone's mentality was good because I feel like uh, one thing for a team is like we need to have that mentality together to like play good. And we're I feel like we had that good mentality, and then starting out in the game. Uh, we were moving the ball around, um, doing what? Well pa- Cause Paco is a different coach. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed, he, he likes to move the ball around, switch the field. Um, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like yeah, yeah, he yeah. likes to pass around instead of like like long ball, Be chasing indirect. it down. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a chance to shoot, maybe not. Um, but we we're zero zero first half. Like we're like okay, like okay, we got this. Um, second half, it got way colder. We're mm. all still trying to move our bodies. We're doing really good. Um, we fell short, though. Uh, it's just all in that mentality, like oh, one person scores a goal and we're all like all down. Mm. But one thing is like oh, you need to keep your head up, you know, mm-hmm. because there's still like a lot of minutes left in the yeah. game. But I think that's one thing. Like we fell short, of course. So yeah.
1: Do you think that's one thing that you guys could probably would be one of the things that you could work on is the mentality? Um, yeah,
2: of it? I noticed that there's been a change though. Like our mentality has been better um for example the crooked oak game we won six zero.
1: nice congratulations yeah. you can't hear the applause but they're in their ears mm, let's <laughs> go
2: yeah um we had like a good mentality that game everyone's energy was up we all passed around the celsius that's our pregame mm-hmm. ritual to pass around the celsius what is that uh, it's like an energy drink. Oh, like okay.
1: <laughs> I got you. Like a monster, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like a special stone or something <laughs> that they passed around.
2: Yeah. And everybody was pumped. And like I feel like that's what helped us uh, win mm-hmm. and keep each other in check. And that's one thing you need to do. Keep your players in check yeah, because true. everybody could be on like a different level. Everybody just needs to be on the same page if you want to win, honestly. Gotcha. Gotta pass and discipline. One thing is definitely, definitely discipline for sure.
1: Nice. Nice. You had brought up a point about some of your players having to leave early to Arizona. How do you deal with the players that have that obligation of that club soccer with the high school soccer?
0: It's it's really only come become bad, I'll say, like in the last probably three or four years. Um, a lot of the club teams and club tournaments and everything know that a lot of the kids that are 15 and up are playing high school ball. And so they'll, they'll kind of monitor that, and they'll only have one tournament maybe between yeah. uh, February and May. Um, or or try only have one or two showcases here and there on a weekend that they know that nobody's playing on or something. Um, But lately it seems like that there's been more of that where there's a game going on or a a tournament that everybody has to go to or Mm -hmm. everybody's going to. Um, And some club coaches um, are telling kids that that's the only time that they see you is if you go to a showcase, not with your high school team. They don't go to high school games anymore. College coaches don't, which is untrue completely. Yeah, yes. Completely untrue. Mm -hmm. Um, But a club coach, I can understand that if a kid's kind of debating on going to a high school game or a club tournament Mm -hmm. or showcase, um, why they would say that. But um, we've been fairly lucky to have club coaches that communicate with us pretty well Hmm. and tell us, hey, we got this big tournament next Friday. So I don't know if you can move that game to Thursday or something like that um or we got kids that are like well I'm going to go play the high school game and then jump on an airplane and go and still make it to the tournament but I'm just going to be late for the first game of the tournament or something like that so mm-hmm. we've been we've been pretty lucky um, we've only missed a handful of kids here and there um and normally we know about it way ahead of time um but it, it would be a lot, hel- a lot more helpful if club coaches or showcases would, would take that into consideration, consideration for ages 15 and above, that they're playing high school ball and that some high schools – I mean, yeah. our, our school's lucky because we've got a little bit of depth, mm-hmm. where other schools, if they were to they lose don't. four of their stud players to go play a showcase, would just be devastated yeah. um, on, an, on an even night. And, so, and now that we're starting to play district games here coming up in a few weeks, it gets even more important because you lose one of those games and you're talking about not playoffs and stuff yeah. like that. so. Um, but we've been pretty lucky. Our kids are pretty good about communicating with us. Our parents are really good about communicating with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've we've dealt with it here and there. Um, but we, we just do our best to try to figure it out as early as we can and try mm-hmm. to plan accordingly and just do what we can. We don't want them to not go. Yeah. Um, but we also don't want it to hurt our, our high school team because of that. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Where do majority of your players play?
0: Uh, we've got some that play with the energy mm-hmm. um, and then some that play with um, – the what i think it's called nwc and then the new one that's okc something mm-hmm. um essential. it's and then essential is, uh, is the other one that some of our kids play for essential so
1: sounds like there's so many clubs now compared to how they used to there are
0: i mean i think that's just because of money i mean yeah. you know this this club is only going to go to a few showcases and the uniforms aren't mm-hmm. going to be that expensive And this one over here is going to charge you a fortune for everything but you're going to go to mm-hmm. a game every weekend and a tournament all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like that so um, so we've we've probably got four or five different club teams that are kind of, and we had a couple kids that play for Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we've got four or five clubs, I think, that all of our kids have kind of played in mm. um, over the years, and some of them have jumped from this club to that club and mm-hmm. back and forth and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it just depends on mm. this weekend. This club may have a team, uh, a tournament or mm-hmm. a showcase, and the other one won't. And so we'll be lucky uh. in the next one. It won't be that way. So
1: I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, you must feel some type of way, right? Bittersweet. It's good to have kids that play club, but at this end of the day their priority might not be high school for whatever reason whether it's theirs or somebody else's so it is like a double-edged sword the last question that i had a lot of you guys are feeding colleges right for players that don't know how to go about that are you guys helping them and are guiding them through some way now you have assistant coaches that have gone and played i'm pretty sure those guys are being good mentors on what to do what not to do what to do on and off the pitch, right? Like, how are you guys assisting those type of players?
0: So what I do at the beginning of every school year, I send out um, to all the local colleges or any colleges that that have a soccer team, boys Mm -hmm. or girls in the state of Oklahoma. I send them either an email or a letter, snail mail, that has all our seniors' information on there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just basic information, their home address, stuff like that, so they can mail stuff out, phone numbers that they don't want to contact, them, email addresses. so we do that. And then if, there's, if there is a showcase, um, which I just got an email today about a, a showcase for Seminole State College, um, which is Coach Hill used to coach at Hara mm-hmm. for many years, and now he's out at Seminole State, um, is going to have a showcase. And we took a group of girls, including Nani, up there last year um, to a tryout. Um, and we had one girl that ended up going to Seminole State, not to play soccer, but she just loved the campus so much that she mm. went there. So, um, And she played on the soccer team last year, but says, I don't want to play soccer in college, but this is a really cool yeah. university. It's not that far from Oklahoma City and stuff. So... Um, So that's what we do. We just, I mean, if we hear about something, we tell all the kids about Mm -hmm. it. It's been really good. Social media is really good about pushing it out there and our kids, you know, see stuff. And they want to go. We've even gone as far as saying, hey, we'll pay half your entry fee. If you want to go, we'll pay half of it. It's awesome. A coach will, like, you know, bite that or the school will bite that. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll figure out something. You know, we'll figure out some way of, of getting them there. If they need a ride, we'll drive them on a Saturday or whatever. So. Um, we just try to support them. I mean, we all, we all played, you know, college soccer and can come out of high school. We didn't mm-hmm. know what t- we were doing yeah. either. Like we were, you know, filling out some flyer and some coach calls just randomly mm-hmm. for a tryout or whatever. Um, and Macu is, I mean, for whatever strange reason has been the one like normal yeah. thread that's been coming through Santa Fe South. We've got a handful of kids that have played other places, but, um, but Mac has definitely been a great, uh, like school. Mm-hmm. That's like a, like a 13th grade for our, our high school yeah. almost like. Um, it's
1: down the street in the south side of Oklahoma City. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, in, in our, and I think academically it's really strong and it's small. Mm-hmm. And so that it, it's real intimate, kind of like our school is, and they That's care about you say. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so I think Macu, U, um, it's just been good. And I've known Coach Dressel that was out there for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew him for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that Yowzee's out there, I've known him for a long, long time. And um, Abel played out there and Paco played out there. Um, and now Jasmine's one of our girls' coaches. She's mm-hmm. playing out there right now. And so we just have a constant, like, connection with yeah. with U. Uh, with um just with them indirectly, not mm-hmm. even like trying to do it. Um, so that's been good. But we just promote anything. If it's a good program for our kids to go to, mm-hmm. let's let's go get you a trial. Let's go let's go do this, let's go to the showcase, whatever you need to do. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's so
1: cool. That's about us. I, I I like that a lot. And then having those guys that have gone to play also serves as a type of motivation for those players that wanna go. Whenever we have high school players or college players, we always like to ask that question of who was your signing day? Like who did you see have a signing day that made you say I want to have a signing day. How many signing days do you think you've had throughout the years?
0: I would say, that, I mean, we've only recently started doing it big, mm-hmm. like promoting it and doing it on social media and stuff like that. The last two or three years at Santa Fe South, we had a bunch of kids last year across country that signed mm-hmm. um, letters of intent to go different places and a couple of soccer players that signed. Um, I've probably attended, I would say 15 to 20 over the 19 years. Um, just at different times, that's guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be all over the state. That's, you know, OBU and Southwest Christian and, um, Oklahoma Christian and, and Edmond, um, all these different places, like anywhere around here and, you know, driving, you know, mm-hmm. out t- up to Kansas and signing somebody, at mm. Manhattan Christian, um, up there, um, Central Christian college where I went, we mm-hmm. had a kid that went up there and played for four years nice. to graduate in 05. So. Um, it just, I mean, just anywhere. And it's just been, it's just been fantastic. I mean, just doing that. I, I that's, mm-hmm. that's so enjoyable to me. It's kind of like, like what you said, that, yeah. what
1: takes you back and motivates you mm-hmm. seeing them graduate, seeing them walk across and then even going to play at the next level and then eventually getting them to come back too yeah. to help out, which is totally awesome. Um, I said it was my last question, but as we were talking, you brought up social media. Now every high school team, boy and girl has an Instagram account or a social media account. How do you feel about that now?
0: Uh, I think it's fantastic. Anything mm-hmm. that can get people informed about mm-hmm. a game that's going on, or to, any way to support the team, or to shout out to a player, or to shout out to anything that's going mm-hmm. on, is good. Um, as long as it doesn't turn into like this instagram is talking trash to yeah. this instagram over here that's true um We're then ja- i think it's good and it's healthy so um jasmine who's one of our girls coaches now that graduated last year that's playing at MacU, she's kind of taking that on nice and she had to kind of like get permission because i was yeah. like yeah you're using the school's name so yeah. Yeah, anything you put out there you're representing the school and stuff mm-hmm. like that but she's been fantastic with that mm-hmm. um and she just really really enjoys that stuff like that so it's just been good she's been really really good
1: that's good and she has the designs going and everything i yeah, had her she on the like downloaded this did. app and now she's like yeah for for She's like in in my truck. We were driving to Eden and she's
0: in the back of my, like in the truck (laughs) driving, like with me on the laptop, like trying to do design and stuff.
1: It's addicting. And uh, I always like to think, you know, be the adult you wish you would have had if you were a kid. So I'm sitting here on the Football Factory page. Basically, all I do is if Santa Fe South posts something, I'll take it and repost it. And it's It's just become a mess. (laughs) Tuesdays, Mm -mm. Thursdays, and Fridays, everybody's posting something. (laughs) And I'm sharing, sharing. Now people are sending me goals and highlights but I th- it, it makes everybody more motivated like you said it ups the competitiveness yes. and thankfully we haven't seen anybody be toxic yet and hopefully it never gets to that because that'd be terrible but is i think that's so cool and then further down the line like we are having these conversations of your sixes, your 10s we'll be able to look back on those instagram and in the highlights and look back at their 010 team your 15 team and it's just, I think, a good way to keep everyone's story together, mm-hmm. in a f- nice, fancy way like that. But Nani, any questions? No. Well, I think Nani mm-hmm. did a great job. Paulo, <laughs> Paulo, I'm sorry, dude. We're, we're, you're gonna have to do it out do with her. I want to do this again. You want to do this again? Yeah. All right, bet. We'll see what we can do. Furley, do you have anything else to say, man? I appreciate you for coming on. This has been extremely in- insightful. It was good getting to know you on a personal level because I've always seen you and I knew of you, but never. And I think we've played. Uh, together and against each other a few times at Western and at practices at Santos or whatnot. But being able to sit down and hear how um, your story has been is cool. And I definitely want to give you your flowers on what you have been doing at Santa Fe South, because I think that's tremendously cool and something that I would always want to do, you know, being able to coach, being at one place for so many years. Um, I would love to see a Furley statue <laughs> up there. I, I, don't, I no, don't. No, no Furley statue. You can, you can name
0: the field Furley Field, but I don't want a statue. I <laughs> the don't Furley even, I don't Field. Need, <laughs> I like that. I don't want, I don't need a statue. A
1: do you have any messages for anybody that's listening?
0: Um, just. I mean, let soccer take you. We're gonna take you. I mean, I. I didn't play soccer until I was 14. Mm-hmm. Like, not, I lived in Germany and England. I was a military kid, and at 14, I had a friend that was playing in the summer league somewhere, and I was like, sure, I'll go play. I needed something to do. And then I still played baseball in high school that freshman year. And then that sophomore year, I was like, I'm playing soccer from now on. That was mm-hmm. all I dedicated my entire life to soccer at that point, basically at 15. Um, it took me to college, went to four years of college, played played soccer for four years. Um, and then Mr. Brewster, who was my coach in high school, mm-hmm. started Santa Fe South when I was in college. Um, I was graduating, kept in touch with him. And he said, hey, I started school while you were in college. Come back and, and I'd love for you to help me coach mm-hmm. and to teach. And I was like, well, I'm not a teacher. He was like, well, we'll figure all that stuff out later. Yeah. Um, and then I loved it. I, I dove right in. I was still going to be around the sport that I love so much. I mm-hmm. thought that once I graduated high college, that that was it. I was going to mm-hmm. be a, you know, a, a weekend warrior, old man soccer for the, for life after that. And that was we it still are, and right? I still am. <laughs> um, but then that would, that that would be the, the limitation yeah. of what I'd be able to do. But, um, yeah, 19 years later. And I mean, I would say probably two to 300 players later, um, guys and girls, I mean, combined, um, and people that I, I mean, that I almost consider my friends. A lot of them now, mm-hmm. um, there's people that, um, I'm extremely close to i'm a godfather to their their kids or stuff like that or just whatever walked them down the aisle and like just Mm. different different people along the way um that you know just needed somebody to look out for them and kind of push them a little Mm -hmm. bit and keep them accountable and stuff like that and then also um let them you know play the game that they love to play and so it's it's taken me you know to where i am now and i'll have no regrets when i decide to to hang this up i'm gonna have zero regrets um i do want one more ring i mean that's kind of like my one thing that's like if i get one more ring that might be the the time i I hang it up Um, but, um, it's, it's not like it's a failure if I don't get it. I know that that's the one thing that I've like come, I mean, I'm okay with, um, each year that if we don't win, it's not that the the year has ever been a failure. Um, so that's what I keep telling people. So when people don't win state and I don't know what it's like to be at another school that doesn't have success, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, kids, you know, don't have success and don't win games and don't expect to win a state championship or even go. Um, so I've been, I've been blessed. I've been blessed to have fantastic players and have a good foundation and, have Mr. Brewster in Santa Fe South support us and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, we went from, when I started, we had 240 total people in Santa Fe South, just at the high school only. We didn't even have a middle school, didn't mm-hmm. have nothing. Um, and it, this is the 20th year of Santa Fe South. And now we're 4,000 students strong from pre-K to, to 12, mm. um, graduating about 320 every single year now, and just like adding to that and just becoming bigger and bigger mm. and having waiting list of, you know, five to 600 kids every year in every grade level. Um, it's just been, it's just fantastic. It's just been a blessing. It's just been crazy, and I'm mm-hmm. Hillside for life. I mean, Capitol <laughs> Hill, Redskin. Yeah. Um, not a Red Wolf, but I mean, either yeah. way. Um, and I loved what Capitol Hill did for me, but uh, I'll never go back there. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's just a school that you know made me who I was. But now I'm Santa Fe South for life, and if I'm not at Santa Fe for South for life, you said for, for life. life. And when I'm not at Santa Fe South, I won't be at another school. I don't. Nice. I could. I do not see myself going to another school. Yeah. All,
1: so. Yeah. Well, only time will tell. But if you don't win another state championship, I think with what you have done is is great already. Like you've already won, you know, and you've built a culture that is just hard to hard to create. That's one thing I talked to Paulo is, hey, how are you going to implement your culture? What is your culture? And him as a new coach, you know, he, he still feel like he's figuring it out. So hopefully he listened to this because he's not here to <laughs> listen to this personally. But I appreciate you for coming on. And wow, uh, I guess I'll try to have you back on at the end of the season. Maybe we can have some other high schoolers that we could um, have on here to talk and chat. About. I would love to speak to some high schoolers. So w- whether that means me going over there or bringing them here, um, let's do that. Let's Absolutely, do that. Absolutely, that'd be great. Um, but well, I appreciate you for coming on, Nani, the new co host, Paolo. Thank you all for having <laughs> me
2: i want to be here like again we'll do it we'll do it
1: (laughs) we'll do it and i appreciate everybody for listening to the 21st episode of the mass football podcast uh see you later and tune into the next episode guys peace